2: Everyone's fans, welcome back to the Block and Go Hockey Podcast. This is episode 297, and it's brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Please go to BetOnline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50. It is, we're getting close to 300. I love it. I, I just this this uh, this podcast. Everyone's related podcast train just keeps rolling. And joining me again to help the grease the tracks per se is my boy Kevin O'Keefe. What's up, Greasy? Oh, not too much, man. How about yourself? Not bad, man. Not bad. Thank you for joining me today, as always, but uh, particularly after um, a Patriots win, I heard. Oh, yeah. Patriots win. Uh, Close one. 17-14.
1: Happy to uh, see them pull it out, but it had some issues. But, you know, this isn't a Patriots podcast, so I won't get into it. But um, before we do start, I do want to give a shout out to Dom. Um, You know, uh, he's now home that we just got, we just got word of that not too long ago that he's home and, um, recovering and, uh, he should be okay. So, um, we'll keep ourselves updated and, you know, he'll update you as, you know, he feels right. And, uh, we love him. We miss him. And, um, we can't wait for him to be back up on the horse and ready to go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's been, uh, three weeks now since he's been on the program. The first weekend he took off was, um, He was invited by the London Knights to go and check out some, uh, some hockey, some preseason hockey up in the Ontario Hockey League. So he was doing a little bit of a scouting mission, checking out um, uh, Jackson Edward. And um, you know, and last weekend he had the, uh, the grandchild. So, you know, that's, um, that's priority. And and I love seeing those two together, but this past, this past weekend, it was just a little tough time uh, health wise for our boy Dom and, and you know, you said it very well, but I want to extend my well wishes to him and his family, uh, as they go through this, this speed bump in life. Um, and, uh, glad, you know, like you said, glad to report that he's home. He was released from the hospital, I think yesterday. And, um, and, you know, hopefully he continues to, uh, do what he needs to do to, to, to keep the, uh, the clock ticking and, um, you know, get somewhat healthier. And, uh, he can do this. I, I, the guy's a stubborn old son of a bitch and I know he can freaking do this, you know, even his kids said that. So yeah, sure is. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a tough couple of days going back and forth on the, on the, uh, DMS trying to find out if he's okay, trying to like, you know, add a little bit of, um, humor to his life, if that's possible, just to kind of, kind of make him not feel like he's, uh, so, so alone in this, um, in this process, but we do miss Dom. We miss that hockey knowledge and, uh, we look forward to getting him back as soon as possible. So maybe next week if he's up for it, but we don't, we're not going to rush. Uh, we want Mm -hmm. him to take the time he needs to fully recover and be able to come back on the pod and talk, uh, hockey. Um, we do have some big, 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 big news for our Patreon. um, financial supporters, those guys are everybody. The ladies and the gents are all amazing and they donate $1. Even I mean, I, I have a handful of people. We have, I think, close to 60 Patreon members and I want to say 12 of them go over above and beyond that $1 that's required to be eligible for our monthly jersey giveaways. Some of them go 5 Some of them go $10 every episode we record and that's huge and we really appreciate that. So to do that to turn this thing around and just say thank you and to welcome back the 2022 23 NHL season and, and even the AHL season. Let's throw them in. We do have an outstanding prize pack. We were going to give away this Ray Bork hand signed jersey. That was it. I was just going to, I bought this and I was like, you know what? Let's go out with a bang. But we went a little further. We saved your money over the summer. And got more stuff to give away. We've got this hand-signed mini helmet from Ray Bork. We also got this hand-signed 8x10 photo from Ray Bork. And also, to finish off this awesome prize pack, a hand-signed Ray Bork puck. So all of this can be yours for a dollar when you go to patreon.com slash Podcast. I'm going to leave that there for a second for the for the uh, YouTube viewers, but I'm going to say it one more time for the audio listeners. That's patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. And if you donate $1 per episode, we're going to record four, maybe six, eight. Who knows? It's a very small investment to get in on these hand-signed jersey giveaways. We're not doing the weekly giveaways anymore, folks. I'm sorry, but logistics got a little too much for me. I'm a busy person. I, I have a day job, and I, I run this sports media company. So, And also, we're getting a lot of people that are getting involved in the Patreon that are outside of the United States. So shipping costs are going way above and beyond what the puck actually costs. So let us uh, we're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to do the monthlies, save some time, but we're uh, going to continue those throughout the season. And I have about six uh, jerseys that I picked up. Uh, Derek Sanderson, Jerry Cheever's. Rick Middleton, um, and I think I got another Don Marcotte. So we have five months uh, of jerseys that we're going to give away. So check it out. It's a great thing to do, and it helps us um, pay the bills of this uh, small sports media company. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I also want to plug something else real quick, if you don't mind, Kevin. I am starting a new hockey podcast, and it's called the Providence Hockey Report. And this podcast is going to be completely dedicated to everything Providence Hockey transactions from the AHL to the uh, ECHL Maine Mariners and so on. And uh, game updates and, and blah, 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 uh, player interviews and coach interviews and uh, highlights because we uh, are now officially um, a um, not a supplier. But we did have we did get permission from the American Hockey League to use uh, clips and audio for for highlight packages so uh, as as media members we're allowed to use that stuff on ahl tv so we're pretty freaking stoked about that and if you want to follow the uh, uh providence hockey report uh it's at ahl bruins report and you can follow those that that program on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and all the other worldwide heavy hitters and i'd certainly appreciate if you did follow that and uh give a five star rating over there as well and do that to the Blackville Hockey Podcast too. <laughs> I guess the big news right today during this uh, during the off season as we come down to um, twenty four days to the Boston Bruins drop the puck on the 2022-23 season. The the news is the Prospect Challenge out in the uh, in the Harbor Center in Buffalo, New York, um, and an ex- exciting lineup. In my opinion, uh, I thought they did pretty well on, on Friday night. Uh, let's get some information on that. The uh, the Bruins played the Ottawa Senators and they uh, and they won five to four. Luke uh, Toporowski, uh he got two goals in the game. Fabian Lysel and Mark McLaughlin each score, and John Beecher gets the game winner. Uh, exciting game, um, man! I, that Lysel he is an unbelievable player when he gets the puck and, and goes in on a two on one shorthand and just uh, absolutely snipes it. Um, but it was good to see uh toporowski uh get two goals and he's in, on an ahl only contract so uh i'm sure he's going to get some future looks from the uh, nhlbs if to see if there's a, a place in, in the future for them but uh great to see mark mclaughlin skating hard and uh johnny beecher continues to like really bring his game and elevate it from the uh development camp that we saw and uh, which i saw was one of his best development camps and just really carrying it into the Prospects Challenge to really try to earn a, a roster spot with the NHL club when the uh, when, when training camp starts um, this month. Not too far away. Preseason games are actually less than a week away against the Philadelphia Flyers. Can you, uh, can you dig that, Kevin?
1: I can dig the hell out of it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I was unable to um, uh, watch it. Uh, I actually had no idea the Bruins were even streaming it. I had no idea. Um, it was newest to me when the game was pretty much over. Um, but from the clips that I've seen, uh, Lee Cell, I mean, that two on one, like you were talking about, um, he was, he's did something that is a thorn in a lot of Bruins fans sides. Um, well, not, not what he did, but well, yeah, what he, what the team usually does in that situation is tries, try and force a pass. They'll try to force a pass to make that, you know, two on one play you know, that one T or whatever it may be, give and go. And it's nice to see a player kind of understand this is what this play is dictating and this is what I need to do and get a good shot off. And he scored, which is great. But I want to see more of that moving forward for the Bruins Club. Uh, John Beecher, um, another player who had a solid game there. I think that for him, he's really pushing really hard to make an NHL roster right now. I mean, he said it in his own comments in an interview. Um, I don't know if it was post-Ottawa game or if it was slightly before or maybe a day after, but it was very recent that he had this um, this comment. And I'm really excited to see what he can bring. He's a big body. Currently, he's sitting around 215, which is um, a good size for him. He said he feels most comfortable at this weight on on the ice, so I'm excited to see him continue his trend and hopefully he uh, pots a few more and really turn some heads and uh training camp coming up. I'm sure he'll get an invite. So
2: yeah, the uh, beaches North of South game and these prospect challenge uh, games have been uh, fun to see. Uh, just a big kid. That's really pushing to earn a spot. And if he doesn't get it, it's not a bad thing for him to go down and play a full season in the AHL. Uh, he, after leaving Michigan at the end of the last season, an unfortunate way of, of doing it. With a, such a loaded roster, I thought it was going to be national champions. I called it at the end, at the beginning of the season, and uh, it was good on him to to not sign pro and, um, and and try to be with the boys for for one more kick um, at, at the uh, at a national championship, regardless of what that. I'm going to say, piece of shit, Mel Pearson. I, I really, you know, I really didn't, I I really liked Mel before I heard all this stuff. <laughs> And do you know what happened? No, I don't. He was uh, really behind the scenes. Um, and and Steve Shields, former Boston Brewers goaltender, uh, was the goaltending coach or an assistant coach for uh, Mel Pearson on the uh, Michigan State Wolverines. And he blew the whistle on, on um, Mel Pearson treating players and staff really bad and, and uh, calling one player – I'm not going to say it on this program because I think it's rude. But um, um, a player that is like an is from Israel or something like that. You get it? Yep. I'm not going to say the word because I hate it. Um, but yeah, I guess he called a player that and and got called out for it, and now there's an investigation, and obviously he's been fired and so on. So um, who knows if any of that had uh, gotten John Beach's head while he's playing right. at Michigan? But hopefully. This upcoming season, whether it be in the NHL or the American Hockey League, he gets a fresh start. It looks like he's really trying hard and I like to see it. So uh, he's going to be a welcome addition, hopefully in that top line. We'll talk about the um, Providence Bruins lineup later on and my kind of idea of where that's going. But uh, when we talk about uh, Saturday afternoon, which would be yesterday, uh, the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Unfortunately, the the Boston Bruins lost six to four. Uh, They were down and out uh, in the beginning of the game but really came back and and put four goals up uh, quickly to uh, try to get back into the game, but just couldn't do it. But um, uh, camp invite Ryan Humphrey, he got two goals, so he's uh, showing a lot of good promise uh, for his future, and and hopefully the Bruins can keep an eye on him. Um, I'm not sure exactly where he's going. I I think he might be going back to school. I'm not totally sure, but um, my bad for not doing the research on that, Mr. Kevin. Uh, that's okay Curtis Hall he got a goal I'd really like to see him uh, step up his game this season I know he's got some offensive skill Uh, um, it just seems like the past two seasons he was really trying to be that more of an aggressor uh, you know that 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 um, the 9-12 kind of like you know player when 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 I when I saw him at uh, Yale University I thought more or less he could be a top six guy but uh, I know he's got the offensive capabilities to do it. I just want to see him put it all together and, and get some more finish in his game. And John Beecher got the uh, the fourth goal of the of the, uh, of the game against Pittsburgh, so he continued to uh, to keep that point streak going in this prospects challenge. Then that's it for that. Uh, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, the Bruins lost six to four. The next prospects challenge game is actually tomorrow, and I think it's at ten thirty uh, on Monday morning. So unfortunately, I'm going to be missing that one. Uh, And, you know, what? talking about this prospects challenge, I'm really disappointed in a lot of the NHL teams that don't cover this. Um, I really think that in today's hockey and the way that we have the exposure to research online, Kevin,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: there's not more teams that are streaming this. Because a a guy like me who loves covering the prospects – wants to see stuff like that and and even the people that don't get into like prospects die hard like myself and you and and dom and so on you know they just want to see hockey you know they they're getting an itch just to get it and they want it you know they could just go and see a game that's fine but it's in i think it's important moving forward and i really hope the boston Bruins organization saw the tweets that dom put out and him asking for retweets about the Bruins putting a a live stream out there because there is a thirst for watching these kids at these particular moments that are trying, really trying to fight for a roster spot. And I think that they should do the due diligence and give us what we need. Yeah, I agree.
1: I mean, how much money does it really cost to televise these, not even televise, stream, you know, it's fine. You know, the streaming's fine, but, um, because I'm assuming the Pittsburgh game, I don't think was streamed, correct? No,
2: Pittsburgh right. didn't even do it,
1: nor did Boston. Wasn't streamed at all. I just I, I I'm pretty sure Ottawa is streaming all of them. Yeah. Um I want to say Buffalo is. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say Buffalo is. So I just don't understand it. It's like you want you want people to learn more about the up-and-coming players. Televise it. Or stream it, or whatever you need to do. I mean, you have Nessun Plus. I mean, what are they playing on Nessun Plus right now, or, or during the games? What Charlie Moore reruns? I mean, <laughs> come on, you can't put something more important on there. I mean, open up your purse and send a couple guys out there. Send a you know um, you know a videographer out there and just do do a televised game on Nessun Plus for it. I mean, we're a hockey town. Yeah, why wouldn't you be? excited to get and why would other people not be excited to get up for this i mean it's just it's very strange to me
2: if the bruins are too cheap to do it put them put out a a streaming package like ten dollars for bruins fans you know i mean and i'll even go to tell you that i was kind of disappointed in in the stream because it was just the game nobody was calling the game nobody was saying names you just had to watch and kind of guess on who it was because you're trying to you know if People obviously have better eyes than I do, but I couldn't see the numbers. I couldn't see the action. So kind of rely on uh, people, you know, telling me what the play is going on. So it would have been nice to have somebody there, but regardless, we move on. I think it's time to talk about the amazing Can I Wellness company. Can I Wellness offers you a distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can I sleep? Can I mend? Can I fresh? And can I boost? It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients and herbal extracts in four uh, compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the k i Wellness company to support high performance. Let's talk about each product. Can i Boost allows you to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before a workout, when studying for an exam, and other times you need to increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Can i Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can I Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can I Fresh make the uh, edge off working, take the edge off working, uh making you tired or unmotivated. Uh can I sleep? This is the all natural and vegan sleep aid is convenient for fat and fast absorbing. No mixing beverages, no uh waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your doses dosage on how much you sleep. If you want to try these amazing can I wellness all natural oral sprays, please go to caniwellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to get 25% everything off the caniwellness.com Wellness.com website. We thank Can I Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Oh boy, that was a little tough ad read there for me. <laughs> Jeez. But anyway, back talking bees. Back talking bees. Um today's uh news came out that um John, former Boston Bruins, Johnny Boychuk and 2001 Stanley Cup champion is joining the New York Islanders uh, in a player development role. Um, good on Johnny Boychuk to uh, to stay in hockey. Unfortunately, that eye injury was just too much to bear, and and he couldn't do it. I mean, that kind of reminded me of the old days of, like, uh, Brian Barrard. Remember him? I, d- it, I do not. Uh, he, he got a stick to the eye. And it was freaking nasty. And uh, he was a Bruin. He was a Bruin. What year for, was this? I don't. You get numbers. I'm not good with the numbers. Um, and I'm like, was good I alive? I think so. <laughs> uh, but he played for the Bruins for one season, and he and he actually played um, with one, with vision only only in one eye. So, um, yeah. Regardless of um, of my lack at history, um, what do you think about Johnny Boychuk and his new role with the Islanders? I think it's great. I'm
1: happy for him. I mean, he was um, – his
2: time here was
1: fantastic. I think any Bruins fan out there will tell you he was hard-hitting. He had a beautiful shot from the blue line that always was able to find its way through. Um, he played a lot of second pair of minutes for this team. He won a Stanley Cup here. I mean, you got to love Johnny Boychuk, and it's great to see that he was able to find himself his own place in hockey after such an incident, you know, that he had with his eye.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Fan favorite uh, throughout his career. And, you you know, you got to really consider how hard he worked. Um, he was throughout the minor pros going from place to place, trying to, uh, to get a job and trying to correct the NHL roster. Was out in Colorado, I believe, and um, was with their farm system and uh, couldn't make things work. Became a free agent, came to Providence. Um, the Bruins picked them up. Came to Providence, and after that, it was just his uh, his path to the NHL and and consecutive games and years was pretty much cream cheese. After that, so um, yeah, good on him to continue the the, the hockey career, but in a, in a role that he gives back to the younger players that are learning and developing. So much like what Adam McQuaid's doing here in Boston and and uh, with the Providence kids and so on. Um, so good on. Johnny Boychuk and uh, and best of luck in his continued career with the New York Islanders organization. Absolutely. Um, geez, uh, we talked about the goaltending last week, and um, I wanted to. Well, this is basically your idea. So we went from goaltending. So this week we're going to talk about the defense and our thoughts on on what uh, we what we're, we're going to see. Who needs to step it up? And um, you know. what obviously we're going to be without Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy and uh, uh Mike Riley seems to be on track to start the season on time but to me he's really not a huge benefiting factor like a guy like McAvoy or even a guy like Grizzlick can be um but for me I just I just want that next man up mentality to really come to fruition in these early months of this 2022-23 season, because it's going to be needed. I really don't want to see this team go out and do anything outside of the organization. I don't really don't think there's anything left on the free agent list to, that you can actually pick from. So it's going to have to be done internally. You're going to have to see players like Jakub Sporo. We've been pumping his tires for since last year before yep. he got injured. You know, uh, he's going to need to pick it up. Uh, Brandon Carlo is one that I'm really gravitating to on um, on turnaround season. I think he really needs um, a big one here. Or if I'm not mistaken, this probably could be his last road uh, out.
1: No, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, Brandon Carlo is a player that really needs to step it up. Um, there's some issues with his game last season that came, that was pretty apparent as far as, uh, his willing, his willingness to kind of get his body involved, um, which is something he seemed to stray away from a bit, um, just a a little bit of positioning stuff, but I think he's going to have a good bounce back year. Um, I think he'll be playing a lot with Riley and Grizzly, of course. Um, I, like you said, I think Riley will be able to start off the year. I don't think that's going to be an issue, um. Let's at least hope so, because if not, then that's going to throw another wrench into everything. We're already down Grizzly McAvoy um, being able to have a guy like Mike Riley in there to kind of buffer things until we're able to get at least Grizzly back, which I think is going to be the end of October, if not like my birthday in November, which is the second, by the way, for anyone out there. My birthday is November 2nd, you know. There it is. But um, it's just one of those things where a guy like Jakob Saborl, as you said, he really needs to be able to come in and do exactly what he was doing last season before he was injured. Um, because I think there's definitely some top four minutes for him to be had, especially early on in the season. And I think he should be able to just jump right up and grab him.
2: Yeah, I agreed. Totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I really want to see I'm not sure I don't have Cap Friendly in front of me, but I believe this next season is a real evaluator for the Bruins Brass to really gauge on on what we are getting out of Brandon Carlo and the future of him with this uh franchise. What do you got, Kev?
1: Typing in Cap friendly here. Okay. What is it you're looking for?
2: Uh uh John I'm Johnny Borchak. I'm sorry. Uh Brandon Carlo. Uh how many more What's... years does he have? Uh, let's see. So he has signed
1: through. It won't let me uh, slide over to the right for some odd reason. Uh, but what I can tell you is let me just go ahead and click on his name, and that should tell me.
2: Yeah, it will tell you. Um, Carlo
1: Brandon. Carlo Brandon. Mr. Carlo Brandon. Um, so he signed a six-year contract. Last year was his first year of the contract. So he has five more years remaining
2: never mind then I thought he was coming down to the uh the latter part of his um that contract and this uh,
1: season this is big though this season he has no trade clause whatsoever nothing
2: okay so this season and then further on to the end of his deal he's he's got no trade protection correct from 2023 24 to the end of his contract in
1: 202627 he has a minimal no trade clause okay
2: so it might be a little difficult. I mean, he, for me, he's got to have a a banner year, really shutdown style. I'm not asking the guy to, like, be overly offensive and so on, but um, a little more better gap control, uh, less turnovers, uh, be a little more physical. Use that big body, man. He's That's what I really liked about his addition coming out of um, Tri-City in the WHL, uh, and he goes from the dub right to the NHL. I was like, "Well, this guy's got size. He can actually really, you know, play really well." But as his uh, career continues, it's just seeing less and less of those good things. Hopefully, he's still not hindering um, from the idea of uh, getting into certain areas and possibly getting his bell wrong again. I know that concussions are not a not nothing to joke about, uh, but they can be one of those um, factors. Is of when you go in and actually you know, getting into those dirty areas. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully he changes that all around and, and has a better year. But if at all possible, if he doesn't have a good year, I really think that, that the Bruins should move him. Um, try right. to find something for him to free up that roster spot. I'm I'm not sure about the timeline, but it almost seems like, you know, um, Mason Lurie is going to Ohio State this upcoming season, I thought Mm -hmm. we all thought he was going to sign pro, but he's going back (laughs) to school for one more year. Um, You know, he wants to, wants to learn more, you know, he wants to get a little bit of an education before he turns pro. I totally get that. I respect that a lot, but I kind of feel like the Brandon Carlo roster spot should be uh, Mason low when he's available for NHL time, whether it be a full year in the AHL previous to, you know, NHL time, shortly after i think that that second um the second line defensive line is a good spot for mason to be um and because he's he's got he's a big body he can play off a very offensive defenseman really engage in stuff like that but obviously remains to be seen we haven't seen him at a pro level yet so just my thoughts no, I agree with you. And another thing about that contract, Mark, so the clause
1: details is 2023 to 24 and 2024 to 25, he has a 10-team no-trade list.
2: Okay. Uh, 2025
1: to 26 season, he has an 18-team no-trade list. And then 2026 to 27, he has a three-team no-trade list. But here's the kicker. If you don't trade him this season, if, let's say, he – you know, has a bad year or whatever it may be um, next year, his total salary to be paid out is five, 5.7 5. mil. So that's over the 4.1 AAV. So it becomes a little bit harder to move um, this season though. If you're looking to move him, his base salary is 3.5. So, I mean, I know teams will probably look into the future and see kind of what needs to be paid out um, because following that 4.7, you then have 5.4 the following season, then 4.2, and then in this final season it is 3.2. So 3.25 to be exact. Um, so it's, um, it's definitely – I mean, if this player plays how he's supposed to, the way we know he can, this is a steal of a contract. Right. But he needs to be able to put it together. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Carlo was terrible last season because he wasn't terrible, but he didn't live up to what we need of him. Um, And we're going to need that early on. So Brandon Carlo is definitely a big one. Um, Another name we should talk about, Hampus Lindholm. Um, Hampus Lindholm, that's a guy that had some injury issues with the Bruins. When he came over, I I believe he played 10 games. I believe he played 10 games and it's no fault to his, it's no, it's not his fault. Stuff does happen. Um, But his contract, I mean, you look at that, you got a, uh, he's got a no trade clause, no movement clause. Um, You know, so he's,
2: is that uh, about the eight years?
1: So his no movement clause is until 2026, 20, 27. Then the final three seasons, he has a minimal no trade clause um which is a 15 team no trade list for th- for okay. those 3 years. So okay. it and his base salary in those 3 years is 4.8. So it's a movable contract at that point. Um you know the later you get into it if you need to move him but he's got another one that you're going to need to step up. You're going to need him to stay healthy. Um and and he's going to be able to step up if, if he's healthy. I'm not saying that he had a bad season last last year cuz he didn't. He was when went on the ice he was a difference maker. Especially when he was paired with McAvoy. They were fantastic together. Um, I didn't really care for what I saw when it came down to Lindholm and a Carlo pairing. I think that was, there was a lot of issues there. I wonder, actually, I don't wonder. I know that Montgomery is going to be looking at that at camp and seeing if they can kind of get them to mesh well, which might be great for a guy like Brandon Carlo. I do want to see that Jakob Zaboral and uh, Lindholm pairing just to give them some, you know, um, Uh, some balance in that top four. But if it ends up being a Carlo and Lindholm pairing, what better way to get Carlo really going, really moving and just being able to have that stay at home presence than to pair him with a guy like Lindholm. He hasn't had a chance to play with like with a player like that because him and McAvoy, they're on the right, they're, they're on the same side. So throughout his career, he's been playing with the likes of like Grizzly, Fogart, Riley, you know, Krug. I mean, and Krug, I mean, he's great offensively, but defensively, I mean, Jesus, yeah. you know, that's that's a tough one for me. So uh, I never really pegged Tory Krug as a top-four defenseman, and I still don't to this day. I don't yeah. think he's a top-four guy just in the sense of his defensive play. That's, you're a defenseman. You know, I understand the, the offense is fantastic. I love the offense, but it, it just wasn't there for me. So when I look at Brandon Carlo, he's never really had a chance to play with a player of Lindholm's character, uh, um, Uh, An echelon I'll go with. But um, So I'm excited to see what they can do in training camp and maybe some preseason games. And if it doesn't work out in training camp, do not force it. I hope Montgomery doesn't do something like that. Try something else. We already know Riley and um, Carlo can work and um, possibly Zaborla can work really good with Lindholm. So we'll see on that front.
2: And uh, I'm looking forward to the addition of John Gruden, uh, who's going to be the defensive coach and how he gets the most out of these players, particularly in the early months when, when those players are, are still mending from their surgeries or, or recovering from previous surgeries and so on. Uh, I think that he's, he's the type of uh, coach that can be, you know, that, that player coach, but he can actually push when needed. So uh, it should be interesting on how both uh, Jim Montgomery and John Gruden uh, get this team to play a better defensive style. I think it's time to hear about our show sponsor betonline.ag football is back and betonline.ag is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season find all the latest football odds news and game matchups including this year's opening week's games betonline.ag is your continued source for all your wagering information including live betting free contests and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to the BetOnline.ag website to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code CLNS50. That's C-L-N-S-50 to receive your rewards. Oh, your dog's happy about this BetOnline ad. Love it, not my not
1: my dog. Nothing
2: better. <laughs> Quiet down. <laughs> but regardless of the neighbor's uh, pooch, BetOnline.ag—it's where the game starts. It's, i love that. <laughs> that was a good timing, actually.
1: <laughs> good stuff.
2: All right, we are back talking bees as usual. Um, the next one on the list is uh, Jake DeBrusk. Um, back at uh, captain's practices and and in front of the media again. And, um, you know, um, I, I totally understand that the media has a job to do and, and some of them have to, you know, put out those tough questions, but I, it really, to me looks like Jake's getting a little uncomfortable with, um, uh, the trade, uh, request. And then now he rescinded the trade request and, but he's still getting questions, but in an interview last week, I saw on uh, Bruins Twitter. Um, he just looked very uncomfortable and like really wants to move forward. And, um, is it, and I hate to say this, but is that the catalyst for like Bruins media to c- continue this going on, to make him push to be better? Or is it just a ploy to get into his head to figure out why he made the trade request in the first place? They're trying to get him to, an- to answer it,
1: how they want them, how they want him to answer it. And in their perfect world, the way Jake DeBrusque would answer that question is I hate Bruce Cassidy and I didn't want to be here because of him. That is how they want him to word it. Now, whether you believe that's the reason or not, I'm not here to dispute or to argue whether he did, whether that's the reason or not. He just wants to get past it. And, you know, I think berating this player over, you know, looking for an answer, you're not entitled to an answer you know, his, his privacy is up to him. If he doesn't want to come out and say the exact reason why they you know, the, the request was out there to be traded and why he rescinded it, you have to respect that and just hope that he can, you know, get himself <clears throat> to a point where he's ready to move forward, which it seems that's where he is. He he seems com- completely committed to coming in and playing his hardest with uh, for this team. And you got to respect that. And he's here to stay. I myself am happy about that. Mark knows that, you know, I've had my gripes with um, Jake DeBrusk, you know, over the past two seasons, but at the end of the day, he showed up when we really needed him down the stretch, um, you know, playing uh, top line minutes and became one of our best goal scorers. So you need to respect that. You need to see what he can do this season and see if he can put a full season together because I'll tell you this, if Jake DeBrusk can put a full season together, uh, he could score 40 goals. No problem. No problem. That kid could score 40 goals. He's he's, he's a talented player and he's got jets. He's fast. Um, he he will, he will not be with, um, Brad Marchand to start the season, obviously. Uh, which Brad Marchand did say he's aiming for a late November comeback. Yep. That's big news, big news. Now, if he hits that, that is, you know, of course other news to be seen, but as of right now, that is his goal. And I think that's very promising. So, with him not getting that start with that player that now leaves Bergeron and it looks like Zaka is going to be playing with Bergeron. That's what, that's what we seem to be seeing here. And Bergeron wants Zaka to be a shoot first guy. So it's almost like Bergeron's going into this. Like I have these two kids who are hungry as hell and I want them both to score a bunch of goals. And I think that's a great position to be in.
2: Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Why not? uh, You know, Marchan's not gonna be around. So the best the best way to success is to get Pavel Zaka on that top line, comfortable with Bergeron. They're working together, they're working out together. Uh seems like they're gonna be line mates. I I like it. I like the fact is that Zaka is going in and, sh- and wanting to shoot more. Um, and you know, it's almost it's almost like Bergeron's now taking the creature role on that line. Like, I- I'm gonna feed the puck to you guys, and you guys do whatever you need to do. And, and and that's not a bad thing to do. So even if even if Jake DeBrus gets 30, 30 30 goals, I'm I'm pleased with that. You know, absolutely. And 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 particularly if you can do it early, where we're gonna need goal scoring to make up for some um some of the losses on the back end and even Marshan on the on the uh, offensive side of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more pucks in the net is just gonna create that much of a gap. So if you do make a mistake, you happen to make a turnover. You're not dead in the water. You can still, you know, you're still above, above the uh, your nose above the water, and still grinding it out. So, I mean, I, 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 the lineup doesn't just scream to me like Stanley Cup, but I'm really excited about how Jim Montgomery and John Gruden are going to orchestrate um, moving forward in the early months when nobody's when some players aren't going to be here, right into when they come back. And, and hopefully December. That's when they really start to march up the standings. I'm still thinking it's going to be a wild card situation for the Boston Bruins, but they're going to make the playoffs. I, I like that idea, but who knows? Anything could happen. A new voice in the room could spark a lot of different types of energy, and we could right. actually see this team possibly get a fourth uh, in the Atlantic and possibly third in the Atlantic, depending on how other powerhouse teams in that division do to begin their years
1: yep absolutely agree i mean and one way that i look at this team um you know i know that i'm not going to say it's like a complete long shot for them to win a cup because as we know you get in you have a chance and always the team i like to go to is that um that uh los angeles king's team made it in as an eighth seed went to the cup finals won and they stayed relevant after that, you know. Yep. They, it's, it wasn't a fluke. They won again, a year not not the following season, but a season after. Yep. So, you know, I look at that and I and I, I think to myself, what does this team have that could end up in a Stanley Cup championship this season? And what I look at is drive and passion. This team has a ton of that. Patrice Bergeron. We don't know if he's going to be here next season. While we may speculate yes or no, we technically do not know. And this team, and I'm not going to say this team's going to only want to win it for Bergeron. They're going to want to win it for themselves too. But knowing that you have a guy like that in this locker room, um, and then, you know, Martian's there. He's not getting any younger. Uh, David Posinok really wants to win a cup. He's already came out and said, I haven't won yet, and I regret that. I want Well, not regret, I guess that wasn't the proper translation, but I want to win um there's just so much in that room to kind of mold around you know you got Jake DeBrusque who wants to come and be an absolute force you got Nick Felino who has came out and said that I mean now he has said that he's in the best shape of his life <clears throat> are we positive that's true who knows but his spirits are up and you got to root for him you got to hope that he has a back uh, a bounce back season because that three point eight's there right yeah. And it's going to be there. He's not going anywhere. So, yeah. so hard to get I mean, rid of. Yeah. So you better hope that he is, you know, on his game, even if he gives you 30 points, even if he gives you 30, 35 points and he ends up being on a, you know, on on a, uh, well, that would technically, I don't know if he's going to get 30, 35 points from the fourth line, but he could, you never know. Cause Thomas Nosek did that with Vegas And on basically a fourth line for most of the season, he, he put up, um, God, how many points did he put up? I I think it was like, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I know he was on pace at least to, you know, have similar numbers to that. Could you imagine though, if your fourth line had two players who put up like 30 points, that'd be sick. That'd
2: be sick. You know, I mean,
1: that can do it. Foligno can do it. And they got a guy in Steen who was going to work his ass off.
2: It's got to. I mean, if he doesn't make the NHL club, is I mean that waiver wire is, is a is a is a uh, serious reality.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it's you. What I'm looking at is I'm looking at a lot of drive. I see a team that if they get in, they do have the talent there too. I mean, look when healthy, and this is before the deadline. Look at their top six before the deadline. Look at their bottom six. A line of Zaka, Coyle, and Smith as your third line. I mean, there's so many NHL teams out there who would kill for that to be their third line. No kidding. I mean, that's a fantastic third line to have. I mean, you may actually – and then, you know, when you – so when you go into the deadline, I mean, what do you really need at that point? You just adding in some, you know, some nice little pieces to complement everything. I mean, it's – they're not – the goaltending, you know, another year of Allmark and Swayman, I think they're going to be absolutely fine. I don't think goaltending is the reason why you lost to Carolina in seven games. That's right. That's I don't right. – I, I I. just see a team that was battling a lot of shit at once and weren't able to get the scoring they really needed, and that's what their demise was. I mean, not being able to play well in Carolina, that was tough. I mean, I think this team is better this year than they were last year. I can say that. I go. mean, they lost Hala, but they added Zaka, and they added back Krejci. You're better. Even if Krejci doesn't, you know, come out and give you seventy points, let's say he gives you fifty points, or fifty-five points, you're still better. I mean, it's just—I yeah, don't foresee that, by the way. Fifty or fifty-five points from Krejci, barring injury, of course. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's um, there's there's a hope to this season. Is all I'm trying to say. I, I I'm with you. I, I don't peg them as a, a Stanley Cup winners this year,
2: but there's definitely a hope. Hope's a great word, you know, because I hope everybody in these past episodes that we've been working with uh, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports Music Memorabilia have written down the information and went to his Facebook page and shared and like all the stuff for some free, free hand signed stuff. But we want to thank Bruce for staying with us for a whole season last year. And we're under contract for another season this year. So we're really looking forward to working with him and getting these hand-signed jerseys to give away on our Patreon giveaways. So uh, let's hear from Bruce, and we'll talk about hashtag Pastor Nasty on on the other side.
0: Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. On Saturday, September 17th, we hosted a signing with 1980 Olympic hockey gold medalist and former Bruin, Dave Silk. Take home a Dave Silk JSA photo or puck starting at just $39, a Miracle on Ice puck for just $44, or a Silk JSA autographed jersey with inscription for just $99. In October, we welcome back Bruins legend Andy Moog. Stay tuned also, for an upcoming Adam McQuaid signing. To learn more about our dozens of hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at Boston Sports and Music at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! <laughs>
2: All right, guys, we're back talking bees. We just heard from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports Music Memorabilia. Spice up that fan cave because you need it. I'm not going to freak Kevin out again this week. Just get in touch with Bruce and, and black and gold that room throughout. So, Speaking of blinds, though, even
1: though you didn't speak of them yet, <laughs> I need to uh, close these ones because, geez, the sun is killing
2: my eyes right now. <laughs> Jesus, You got sun and we got overcast up here in the North Shore. I was right. in, I
1: was, uh, I was in the North Shore actually earlier. Where? Really cool.
2: Um, I was in Natick. Oh, Natick. That's not North Shore. Is, is that it? is that North Shore? No, no. Like like Nubiport would be North Shore for me. Um, Amesbury North Shore. I don't know. But Natick was North North Shore for some reason. It could be. I could be totally wrong. But I'm sure, really get, I'm sure I I'll, think I'll think get. I'm sure I'll get. I think it's more east. Yeah. I think I'll I'll it's get, more east. I'm sure I'll get corrected on the uh, on the tweet machine after people hear this. Yeah, we're back talking bees and uh, why not just jump right into uh, the interview that David Pasternak had. Um, He did show up to captain's practices last week. I I believe it was Friday, Thursday or Friday, and um, uh, spoke to the media and obviously the media went completely after him and said, you know, stuff about the contract and this and that. And, um, you know, and David came out and, and, and candidly just said, listen, I love Boston. I love playing here. I love my teammates and I want to stay here. So it's some little bit of a comforting factor for Boston Bruins fans that are absolutely losing their shit because he's not signed yet. And, and I just don't, I really don't get the fan freak out about why a player who is under contract for another season has to like be signed as as soon as possible. I get that you want to lock him up and so on. He's, He's, a, he's an absolute elite player. He's a threat on the power play. That one time is absolutely freaking um, a halitzer. But I just don't understand why the continued hate for the Boston Bruins organization and not locking up a player that still has a whole year of term. Now, listen, stop freaking out a week before freaking um, uh, the NHL trade deadline that is, um, was, came out yesterday. That's going to be on March 3rd. So mark that down on your calendars, March 3rd. Back to normal. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're a week outside of that, then you start freaking out about what you're going to do and and what assets you're going to get in because you do not want to have a David Pasenak say, I'm going to test free agency. Well, Let's see where we go from there. And then I'll circle around and see if your office still holds the same Uh, because pretty much if anybody's throwing 10, 5, 11 at David Pasenak, he's gone. Uh, I, 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 I hopefully he takes the discount and so on here in Boston. But if things go don't go right, then, I mean, he has the ultimate choice to, to go wherever he wants. But I don't want to get to a point where the Bruins are pushed into a corner where they have to, like, um, decide that, you know, if you're going to make a trade, do it and, and get something for him before he walks out the door. I know many people are, are comparing this to, like, the Tory Krug, which is totally different, in in my yeah. opinion. Totally, totally different caliber player. Totally different. And yeah. Um, so this is the type of player, in my opinion, that you would trade to start a rebuild. And if you move him, you're going you're gonna to get a lot of assets back to um, really improve in the next year or two. So we'll see what happens. But it's it's just a comforting thing for me personally. I like David Pasenak. He's a great kid. And uh, I, I want to see him here for a long period of time. But um, I just don't get the free fan freak out as of right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he said that, you know, because he, when he was asked about the contract and where they're at, this and that, he, you know, he decided to say, hey, I haven't had a normal summer in two years. Yeah. Okay. I'm enjoying my summer. I'm enjoying getting myself physically and mentally prepared to come in and give my all to help this team win. Uh, he said playing with David Krejci over um, for the um, in the tournament overseas really rejuvenated, um, you know his his love for playing hockey because you could totally tell there was times last season where he was going through the motions and rightfully so. I mean when you go through a tragic situation like him and his uh, wife and the rest of his fan or uh, fiance, I, I don't know if they. I think fiance, but whatever his significant other, we'll just say that, um, what they went through in their family with losing a child. I mean, that's going to be really hard. Um, so, you know, he's getting himself back on his horse. He's ready to play. And he said it, I love here. I love it here in Boston. This is where I became a man. This is where I became the, the player I am today. And I'm, he also said, he's very optimistic that they will get a deal done. So you got to look at what he said, and you got to take it at face value. Absolutely. Now, part of me really would love to stir the pot with the oh. Bruins fans because oh, it's a lot of fun to do that. One of his comments
2: – Are you breaking out um, your inner Andrew Taverna? <laughs>
1: a little bit, a little bit. But one of his comments was, we have a whole season. He said, we have a whole season. If I were to be a pessimist, I would take that comment, and I would say to myself – yeah, he has a whole season to really shine, to really make himself look really good. So that way, when July 1st comes along, he can just go ahead and sell himself to the highest bidder.
2: Yeah. That's,
1: I don't uh... think that's going to happen. But I mean, he had a lot of things that he was saying about, you know, that's my agents. You know, he's my agents taking care of it. My agent takes care of it. Blah, blah, blah. Almost like he has no <laughs> care to have any say in it and just wants his agent to just figure it out. And I guarantee his agent is starting high. Yeah. He has to be. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's betting on himself. Maybe he's seeing what he can have for a uh, season before he signs a contract. And I'm not saying that that's what it is. It's just another side of the coin. Cause you got to look at both sides of the coin. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want anyone to freak out about those comments, of course. Well, actually, yeah, do it. It'd be funny. But <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you look at the situation, he loves it here in Boston. He wants to stay. So uh,
2: and hopefully it does um, you know, in into the season or, or just before or whatever. Much like he did in this uh, in his first contract when him and Charlie McAvoy held out right to the day before training camp happened, or the day of the first day of training camp, and you know, went from there. So hopefully that's the same thing. Just uh, take your time and get it done. And um, yeah, oh, Jesus. Think about it though, Mark. I, I see a He's... Twitter. I see a Twitter poll in your future.
1: Yeah, think about this though. He said, "I'm not really focused on a contract right now. I'm really focused on my team and helping them win, and this and that. Blah 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 blah." And I think to myself a little bit here. If you were so focused on your team and the place you love and wanting to play here, this and that, wouldn't you want to hammer out this contract extension this summer? So it is not a distraction moving forward.
2: True. No, that's food for thought. But also, also when on that thought, when you said earlier, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a year. Maybe, Maybe he's just counting on himself. Like, like you said, the past two seasons, the past two summers have not been good at all. Maybe this is a fresh start that maybe a, a small distraction like a contract negotiation isn't really going to bother a player like that. It might get done earlier than many people expected uh, during yeah. the regular season. So everything remains to be seen right now. If I'm not mistaken, his his agents, J.P. Barry, I could be wrong. I on think that, so. He's a, he's a bit of a stickler as, as well when it comes down yeah. to agents and and holding out to the very last minute before you know you're actually pushed into a corner to get things done. So um, you know, I'm 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 I feel good about this this deal getting done because he's really is a cornerstone of this organization moving forward, particularly offensive. You know, yep. and, and if we could just he if he can continue to learn to carry the puck with that speed and not turn it over, man, this this guy could be like a 60 70 goal scorer. Right. You know if I were to
1: be a betting man, go to bet online. Well, actually, you know what? No, not a betting man. But if I were to guess, if I were to guess where it's at right now, I'd have to say, Pasternak's camp is probably somewhere between ten point five and eleven million dollars right now. Yeah, that's probably I, where they are. And why wouldn't you be there?
2: You right, know what I mean. And Don Sweeney's going to talk him down to a cap-friendly deal that he can he can have the availability to work on pieces needed. In the future, when David Pasternak's on this team, to make things happen, not be so much up against the cap like they are every year, they have that flexibility to bring in a player at the trade deadline and so on, to or even a free agent the uh, the summer after. Who knows? But still, I I feel good about this. um, Feel good about the signing, and I'm not gonna freak out until, like I said, the um, the NHL trade deadline on March third. If it comes right around Mm -hmm. then. Then it's going to be like, wow, this is a scary situation. But until then, step off the the edge of the roof, folks. You know, it's all good. Yep. Enjoy it.
1: And, <laughs> and if I could guess where Sweeney's at right now, I'd say he's probably in that eight range. That's where Sweeney's at at this moment, and that's I, smart, and yeah. that's smart because if you want your middle ground to be around where, you know, um, coil around to where um, Mc, McAvoy is at then you got to make sure you're below it enough to where you, when you go up to that number, it's significant and it's significant to a point where it's a middle ground. And, you know, that's when, you know, you get your clauses thrown in there, your signing bonuses, you know, how much money you're getting up front opposed to what you're getting at the end. Um, You know, all that starts coming into play. Once you figure out a number that works Um, and, and and I'm going to say Sweeney and his camp, because it is Sweeney and his camp; it is not just Sweeney, as we all know. Well, at least we know. I don't know about everyone. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. But I'd say that's probably about where they're at. I mean, that's where my that's where my betting guess would be.
2: Yeah, during the off season, we were talking about um, on the podcast, and I, and I was talking to other people on Twitter about where I'd like to see the negotiations start, and I was eight at eight. You know, give it, give him the freaking numbers he's got on the back of his jersey, and um, and people said, why would you disrespect past an act like that? And it, I don't think it's a it's an act of disrespect or anything like that because he it's I mean, the art of the deal. Yeah, obviously he deserves a lot more money and so on. The guy's done a great job here in Boston and it continues it will continue to do so, I believe. But I think it should start there and then work your way up to like Charlie McAvoy money, and then then that's when we, we need to go okay. The bar now is Charlie McAvoy. I remember back in the day, because I'm an old man, that Ray Bork. Nobody made more money than Ray Bork back in the day I when there was that. no salary cap. You know, yeah. So I think that's that's now the bar right now on this Boston Bruins team is 9-5. And, and we have to all get there. Because even at 9-5 on act and Charlie McAvoy, you still have flexibility to do other things moving forward. You're not just locked up against the cap all the time basically like a Chicago Blackhawks team that's like, you know, constantly throwing talent around the league, you know, trying to be cap compliant. So. I'll
1: tell you one thing though. If, if the bar is 9.5, which I agree with, I agree with that. If that is the bar and Fabian Lassell comes out and he becomes a star in this league, you're not keeping him. It's not happening.
2: Very good point And a segue into a new conversation right now is like Mason Lorai is going to be, a I believe, a defensive star in this league. Fabian Lysel, probably a, an offensive juggernaut in this league as well. But if you look back to these guys that are making contracts right now, like this offseason has been crazy. Now, I will never say anybody's getting overpaid. If an organization believes in a player like um, like Tage Thompson, he had one good career year and then he's getting <clears throat> freaking bank. That's up to you. But also, um, Tim Stutzler uh, yep. up They're in uh, Ottawa, them. another one that got paid coming right out of his entry-level deal. Yep. You know? So I think that when Mason Lowry and Fabian Lysel come down to those end of the year of their entry-level deals, their agents are going to start looking like, hey, we've been doing well on our ELCs. We, we, we want to get paid now. And, yep. and you have to prepare yourself for all those situations. Much like what Dougie Hamilton did in the in the back in the day after his ELC was almost over, his agent came out and said, We're gonna ask for eight million dollars up front. No bridge, yep. no nothing. We want long-term eight million dollars, and pretty much that garnered uh an exit from uh Mr. Dougie Hamilton. So yep, and obviously and, you still love the guy because you still got the jersey in the back.
1: By not by choice, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it just so happens that. Duct tape can go across the back of the name. Uh, Shoot the, the Jersey. And
2: Shoot him, McGavin absolutely loves that. Every time we have a podcast, <laughs> and I put it up on YouTube. He's like, please tell Kevin to burn that Hamilton jersey. It ain't a
1: Hamilton jersey anymore. It's a DIY Lindholm jersey <laughs> until I can get a nameplate. But, but with that said, um, you know, if in four to five years when guys, I believe, when I believe that guys like, um, you know, Fabian LaSalle and uh, Mason Lori would be finished with their ELC contracts. Um, at that point, if you got a guy like Fabian LaSalle who's putting up 80 points, you know, um, maybe like uh, thir- 35 goals, 45 assists in the league. Um, maybe he's putting up, um, what did I say, 80 or did I say 70. My brain is scrambled.
2: That's yeah, all right. Oh, well. Your mind. like mine. <laughs> if, he,
1: if he's putting up, if he's putting up eighty points, you know, whatever if he's putting up eighty points, putting up ninety points, whatever. Guarantee you, you're not keeping that kid for under nine point five. Nope,
2: he'll not happening. He'll get, he'll get paid. He will get paid.
1: He will get paid. He'll take your ass to arbitration. He'll do whatever he can. He'll he'll get paid because as that cap goes up, because it is rumored to go up significantly, players ask for more money. It's yep. just how it works. And, yep. you know, because I know there's a lot of people out there who may think like, oh, yeah, everything stays the same. No, no, not everything stays the same because the players are the ones on the ice working their ass off to yep. bring in that at that revenue. So they want their cut. It's just how it works. And it's just how it's going to be. So, you know, we don't know where the cap's going to be at in four or five years, but it could be upwards of 10 to 15 million dollars more than it is right now. Yeah. And, and, and- players like, want to get
2: paid. We talked about it last week on the black and Gold hockey podcast that, uh, Alan, um, Alan Walsh, he sent out a tweet saying that, um, obviously the cap goes up a million dollars this year. It'll go up a million dollars the following season, but 25 and 26 is the, is the year that it's expected to at least go up to $8 million, possibly more because the, I, I want to call it a COVID relief or whatever that they had. I, that's probably the wrong wording, but, the, um, the debts are getting paid back faster than they expected. So that means that the higher increased cap is going to come sooner rather than later. And, uh, and that's always good things when you're trying to build a winner is to have that cap flexibility and so on. Yeah.
1: Someday, someday in this league, I'm not going to say it for certain, but someday in this league, you're probably going to start seeing players making 20 to $30 million a year. Yeah. I mean it may, it may not be for another 20 30 years yeah. but the hockey's getting more popular it's happening you know why and and look at the nba the nba is what the, maybe the third most popular tied with hockey and they've got players making a boatload of money more than yep. hockey players do so as that revenue goes up as that cap um ceiling goes up players are going to start making their money and they're to, and rightfully so. I mean, the reason why I say rightfully so is because if people especially in baseball, when you look at what people make in baseball, I mean crazy. How can a hockey player not deserve that? I know. If you're just going off of other sports, I'm not talking I know there's going to be people out there who are like, you know, well, you know, what about the people who fight for their right to play this game in this country? Which I totally agree with. They should make a ton of money. A lot more than they do make now, but just basing it off of the sports that we see and what people are making, hockey players deserve to make that, if not yeah. more.
2: So especially eventually. Especially, especially how they beat themselves, their bodies up for eighty-two games a year. And yeah, that's yeah, that's the hardest part. And and I'm I'm actually shocked that they don't pay more. But uh, obviously, you know what they're getting is somewhat good. And, and I know that I know that a former NHL, or former defenseman, um. Pronger, oh, what's his name? Sean Pronger, I think. No, or Uh, Chris Chris uh, Pronger. Chris Pronger, yep. He tweeted out something a couple months ago saying what actually an NHL player makes, and he based it off of a five million dollar salary. Yep. And the the agent, ten percent, fifteen percent, whatever. The the taxes wherever you live and so on. You're basically getting half of that money. The other half is going to um, escrow and blah 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 and blah 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 and taxes and this and that yep. it's just, it's just crazy how much they get freaking taking out like you know it's almost like me and you when we get a paycheck from our our job you know taxes yep. are freaking you know Uncle Sam's right there hey pay me you know yep
1: that's exactly how it is and unfortunately um there's a lot of people don't understand it like there's people who are like oh why wouldn't you sign a million dollar deal that's a million dollars no it's not
2: no. No, you're lucky. Not. You're lucky on a million dollar contract to get 200 grand out of that deal. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just the way that, and and that's why there's
1: teams out there like the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, the Florida Panthers, you know, teams in places like that where they can get away with having a lower cap hit because not as much money is being taken out of them.
2: Uh to wrap up the uh this episode 297 getting so close to 300, proud of this um this this uh podcast that we got going on. Um, I do want to talk about the, uh, the Providence Bruins upcoming roster that um, the lineup that we could see on opening day on October 14th against the Bridgeport uh, Islanders. I will be there as a media member. We did get our credentials again this year. So shout out to the Providence Bruins for uh, having us for I think it's our fourth year. I think so. So uh, shout out to those guys. I can't wait to get down there and meet the, uh, the new crew the new PR team. so uh, And obviously hang out with Mark Diver and uh, and other uh, media members down there. But um, the Providence Bruins 2022-23 season is is really starting to look good on paper, in my opinion. And I wanted to talk about the lineup that I believe uh, could be in place. And, and this is not gospel. It's not in stone or anything like that, please. It's just my idea of of, um, of what I'd like to see out of this lineup. and Let's side off on the offense with the line number one. Uh, John Beecher uh, would be uh, heading the center position. On the left side would be Georgie Merkulov, and on the right side would be Mark McLaughlin. I know Mark uh, plays the center position, but he also shoots right and can play the right side as well. Uh, thoughts on that line? I love it, and I like the way that you have it. Because Beecher
1: right now is probably, you know, giving them a really good showing and why not continue to see what he does at that position. You drafted him in the first round. You want to see if that can pay off. And if, it, I mean, cause we've talked about it many times, Johnny Beecher, if he can get his offense going, that's a top six talent. Yep. That is easily a top six talent. And if you can turn Johnny Beecher someone who people have written off because you haven't heard his name in years into a top six talent. That is fantastic. I mean, and the way it's looking, I mean, he's trending in the right direction right now. Absolutely absolutely is. And then you look at a guy like Merkulov, you know, sticking him on the left side. What do you have after Marshan? What do you have after Hall? You have DeBrusque. Great. What else do you have? Maybe you have Merkulov. I think they are. I think that is smart. This is putting them in the right position to succeed, and that goes right to McLaughlin. If McLaughlin's making this team, it's probably going to be as a winger, yeah. not as a center at this point. I and think it's like, a very smart line.
2: Yeah, much like the uh, the path that Jack Seneca uh, continues to try to take in the NHL. I mean, the depth up the middle at the Boston Bruins NHL level is is pretty much uh, in in place, if you want to say, but on the right side, there's – there's areas that can be filled by players like that, uh, especially younger players that are trying to uh, create some consistency in, in the lineup on a night-to-night basis.
1: And not only that, too. I mean, he's already shown that he can play the right wing at the NHL level. Yep. I mean, what he came in and, and did is nothing to be just overlooked. Uh, another th- um, oh, i sorry. No, that's fine. I'm just saying, you know, he's, you know, he came in and showed and proved I can hang here. He absolutely did and I can't wait for him to have a full-time spot here and he will have a full-time spot here might not be this year because of you know the business side of things here in hockey but I think the following season I think Mark McLaughlin is going to pencil himself right in into that third line right wing spot and he's gonna be
2: a staple because guess who's gonna be gone Smith um and what I like about that first line and I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you but um I like that they're all three centers are on that line yep Beecher can play the left. Mikulov can play the center. McLaughlin can play the center on the right. So they can, I mean, you could play to their strengths, especially in the face-off dot in, in particular wherever which zone you can. Uh, you know, your 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 face-off, uh center ice face-off, give it to Beecher. But if like um if Mark McLaughlin is stronger and showing a lot in the defensive zone when you really need to win a face-off. He can go right in there as well you know yep. so there's a lot of good things on that top line that i really like and i'm looking forward to see if ryan Muginel and and matt thomas and trent midfield actually kind of like go with some of these lines that i predict uh, that'd be kind of cool
1: yep great line great line
2: all right so the second line is um centered by samuel asleen and uh on the left side is the, the new ahl contract only contract uh luke toporowski out of uh, Spokane and Cam Loops in the WHL last season, he had some uh, a really good year. Um, and Justin Brzezow, he's a big kid, big power forward. I want to see Samuel Asseline in at center, uh, Brzezow on the right, and Toporowski on the left. Thoughts on that line? Um, so
1: I believe Toporowski is the one that is turning some heads right now in yeah. the Prospect Challenge. It's I think gold. there's no. There's no better way to reward a player like that than giving him some top six minutes in Providence. I think Asleen, going back to last year's um, uh, prospect challenge, showed a lot. And he absolutely deserves a spot there on that second line. Um, And then going over to the right, that's a player I am not very familiar with. You'll have to tell me a bit more about him, but I like the sound of a big body on the wing.
2: Yeah, uh, Justin Brozo was uh, signed out of the Ontario Hockey League a while ago, and after a, he was an overager, and he had an unbelievable season—like sixty goals, sixty assists, or something like that. My numbers could be way off, but he was a—he was heavily taught after uh, as a free agent, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, I believe, picked them up because he's from the Ontario area. I think he played with the Marlies. I could be wrong. But things didn't work out. He, now he went back to the uh, the ECHL. He was with the um, um, the Newfoundland Growlers, and then came to uh, the Maine Mariners and really busted his ass and became a point per game player in the ECHL, and then got his his chance to stick with Providence and Providence signed him uh, to a two year extension. So, uh, like I said, he's a big kid, but it always a, a player of that size and ability. Um, sticking around for the Boston Bruins to have close contact and 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 you know up close evaluations is never a bad thing to keep in the back burner when you're looking for big guys like that. Even at at the uh, the bottom twelve, you know if he's going to be a a fourth line player, then fine, you can insert him in there. Uh, but I like the way Brazil uh, plays. He's real tough, gets to the net, and he's real hard to move. He A frames right at the top of the crease. And uh, you know, he's just a big kid that doesn't allow a lot of uh vision from the goaltender uh to see out front. Beautiful. All right. So uh the third line for the Providence Bruins, my idea of the particular uh, of the perfect lineup. Uh Curtis Hall, uh, who had a goal in yesterday's game against Pittsburgh centering. Jakob Lauko. Never mind. I was gonna guess. Is Lauko on the on the left? I was he gonna is. guess it. He is. <laughs> Jakob Lauko is on the left side and uh new um Boston Bruins uh, free agent signing. He's on a, um, a, uh, Oh, a one year, two way deal is Vinnie La He played with the uh, Anaheim ducks last season, split time between Anaheim and San Diego of the AHL. Um, I'm expecting a big year from, uh, Jakob Lalko this, this season. I believe that he's on his last of his entry level contract. So this is a big, big evaluation, uh, for him and the Boston Bruins to, uh, and see what they have and keep him in the fold uh he's got to get more offensive i know and he's gotta stay healthy that's that's the biggest part right now yeah you know, is he
0: healthy
1: that's what i was asking
2: right he just gotta stay healthy and get it all together um and I, I believe in the player i know he can i know that there's a lot of um i've seen a lot of games where he's been the aggressor in a lot of situations like that for me i i'm always the i'm always a guy that says hey if you're gonna stick up for a teammate for somebody else taking liberties on them and you're the closest by go ahead, go ahead. You'd be that Mm -hmm. solid teammate. But last year I saw that more and more where I thought, Jesus, this guy's going to get injured, you know, throw a punch, break a, break a finger, break a hand, you know, I just don't want to see that from this kid. So I expect him to have a big year, big turnaround season. Curtis hall, the same thing. We talked about him earlier in the prospect challenge segment, I want to see him have a bigger year. I think he will. And uh, Vinny Letary is just that type of uh, veteran that could really uh, get a lot of, out of these guys. So excited for that third line. Uh, the fourth line for my well, problem. Actually,
1: is- I have a quick comment on Lauko. Go ahead. Um, when it comes to Lauko, you know, it, it brings us back to the left wing. What do we have there? You know, because it seems like kind of like the center depth. How much is there on that left side? Um, and it's looking like if he can have a bounce back year, as you're saying, you could be looking at a left side of, you know, Merkulov, DeBrusque and Lauko for your future. And that would be fantastic. I think that would be great for them to have. Um, because when I look at, there's only three players that stick out to me. When I think of players of recent memory, I'm going to say since Pasternak, um, that have came out during a, um, uh, during a. Uh, I'm going to say the preseason games that you really were just like, oh my God, like, you know, it became players that Bruins fans were talking about. And one of those was Pasternak. The other one was Studnika. And this final one that I'm going to say is Lauko. Yep. When he had that goal that he scored in that preseason game years ago, people that went, was a, wow.
2: That was in China. Remember that? Yeah. Well, no, was that in... was on
1: TD Garden Ice.
2: Oh, was it? Yeah, that was uh, in the garden. Oh yeah. my god. I thought I thought that was in one of the uh preseason games that they played in China. No, but he he took the puck up the left side boards. He um
1: he, I believe he put it off the boards and went around the defenseman and was literally like on the red line, you know, of the, uh the goal line, I'm going to say, not the red line, on the goal line, um off to the, off to the left corner and sniped it absolutely sniped it and everyone's jaw dropped.
2: Yeah. I remember
1: so many fans being like, Lauco, Lauco, Lauco. Yeah. And it's fallen off, but you still hear a lot of Bruins fans saying, where's Lauco? What about Lauco? Yep. He's got to stay healthy. Absolutely. He's got to be able to get back to that offensive game that he was able to flash. And I hope he's not a flash in the pan. I would like to see this kid get a, get a real shot.
2: Absolutely. i uh, moving down to my fourth line. Uh, you um, center ring Edward Trailmax and uh, on the right side uh Alex Olivia Voyer. So that's a that's a really heavy line to come at you. Um Trailmax offers um some some a lot of grit. uh great kid uh, out of the University of Maine was um uh, uh, roommates with Jeremy Swayman and uh Pat Shea who plays for the uh Maine Mariners right now. Um yeah, he, he's, he's a gritty forward, can can be very offensive-minded um, as well. Uh, Unica Panin is just a big uh, rangy forward who can play the left side as well in the center position. And Voyer is just a guy that just gets in your face all the time, always in the scrums and so on. So solid fourth line, in my opinion, right there with those three. Beautiful. I mean,
1: I don't I don't really have anything to say about that line because I don't know much about it, but I do have one question. Go ahead. If he makes the Boston Bruins one day, do you think the locker room will call him Trail Mix?
2: Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> there's a There's a, a Providence Bruins podcast that's out there that uh, uses names like that, and I think that that's what they're calling him. So that's my forward lineup. So the extra forwards, in my opinion, and and because the. Providence Bruins and, and all Hawk, basically all American hockey league teams. They operated on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday schedule. So you're not going to see this lineup for three straight games. It's going to be extra forwards. that are going to get time. So when other players need rest, I see a player like Matt Philippe out of Northeastern, uh, who recently signed an, another year or a two year deal, him being the extra guy that kind of floats around for that extra time. Um, And uh, J.D. Greenway, who's been transformed to a forward from defense, I think he could be that guy too. But also keep in mind that these two players could also go down to uh, Maine and get their significant um, ice time down there to keep their legs fresh and so on. That
1: leads me to one question. Sure. Where's Wagner?
2: (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) You're fired. (laughs) What? No, No, I'm kidding. I totally forgot about Wagner totally forgot about Wagner you know um, though honestly though what you've put together
1: i think is fantastic i mean and that's from the limited knowledge on providence that i have um it, it's it saddens me to see that chris wagner has became even a footnote in providence bruins history right, right. <laughs> it's
2: like and that's Poor not guy. a that's not a jab at at Chris Wagner and his leadership down in Providence, you know, and and how he works with the guys that are that are continuing to develop. I mean, he's been a solid veteran down there and so on. So he's you know continues to work hard. But I I totally forgot about him and and the I'd put the him process. as an extra
1: forward, Mark. I'd put yeah. him as an
2: extra forward. I would and have
1: him kind of come in because um, you got to allow these young kids to get the things they need. Because Wagner, I'm sorry, you're not going to be here after this season, I believe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, to be honest you with back. you,
2: to be honest with you, I could honestly switch out Alex Olivia Voyeur and, and put Wagner on that fourth line right side and have uh, Voyeur be that rotational guy. Yeah. Because Voyeur is on an AHL only contract, mm-hmm. while Wagner will be sent down to Providence and still getting an NHL money. So you, you want to pay him, you know, right. get your money's worth at least.
1: And Wagner will be up there for the playoffs too. Once right. the
2: Bruins get into the playoffs, may not be playing, but he'll be there in case. Black ace. So. Yep. All right, so let's move to the uh, defense. Um, this I had a real tough time with this one because there's, there's a couple players that I have on the extra defenseman that I wanted in the lineup, but you only got six choices. So this is really tough for me. Uh, my My top pairing is Michael Callahan out of Providence. He's going to get a full season this year. In the AHL, and uh, he's going to be paired with, uh, or my my thought on who he's going to be paired with is uh, Connor Carrick. I think that's going to be a really good top line. I think Connor Carrick is the guy and a guy that can quarterback a power play, be very um, involved offensively and defensively. So I think that would be a great pairing right there. Agreed. Uh, the second pairing, I see, this was a tough one. I see Dan Renouf. Uh, a new guy that came in. He's he's a, a bit of a tough guy, um, not not a very big defenseman and so on. But I just think that he can sit right there, and I think he'd work well with a, a guy like Victor Berglund on that second pairing. I think Berglund's going to have a better year this year. This will be his second year in the American Hockey League after coming over from uh, overseas. And um, I think he, I think Berglund really kicked out the uh, the cobwebs per se or the rust per se. Um, last season, getting used to North American ice, the shorter ice, and so on. So I expected a big here from him, and and he's really good on the power play as well. Um, And my third pairing is going to be Big Nick Wolf and uh, the captain, Josiah Didier. Uh, And basically, that's my defense. Now, here's where I had a really tough time with this one, Kevin. My extra defenseman is Kai Wisman, which I really want to see on the lineup because he's a bigger body. Uh, but his his um he's not very physical. So that's why I kind of no. had him as the extra extra defenseman uh because he's not like uh, the other ones that I had that were kind of locked in. Uh Jacob Wilson who was recently signed out of uh, Arizona State, I think he's going to go to Maine. Um uh Fedor Gordiev, uh, I think he's probably uh, going to Maine but could be that um rotationary defenseman that could be, you know, you're seven and eight, whatever. And the, the final one is Grant Gabriel. Gabriel's a big kid, but I really didn't see much of him. Uh, hopefully he he can uh, prove me wrong this season and become more of a mainstay. Uh, but speaking of main, that's another option for uh, Grant Gabriel as well. And uh, those are the extra defensemen I have. Um, and obviously the goaltenders to wrap this thing up is uh, Keith Kincaid, and, uh, Kyle Kaiser splitting the season, splitting the duties, you know, yeah. and, um, and Brandon Bussey and I want to Brandon Bussey's father DM me and said, everybody's got his name wrong. <laughs> it's bus E it's not Bussy just... no, it's not Bussy it's bus E. So I want to thank, uh, Mr. Bussey for, uh, correcting me because I've, I've been saying that cause I thought that's what it was. I'm not really good with the pronunciation of names. So you
1: should have messaged him back though and asked, "Are you sure?" Because yeah. you're about to ruin a Jesus. really fun joke for Bruins fans. Are you sure? <laughs> That's
2: probably why I no, did we, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate we appreciate the uh, the correction on, the, on yeah. the pronunciation because he's a he's a fantastic uh, young goaltender who has um, hopefully a great career ahead of him. Yeah. Um, but I do have, I do have a question. Uh, Jacob Wilson is that the guy? When we were at development camp together with the huge beard, and I turned to you, I said, "Mark, who the hell is this thirty-year-old on the ice with these kids?" Exactly, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, it almost seemed like he was the um he was the uh, Jesper Froden of uh, last yeah. year's prospect challenge. I think you we
1: know? looked it up, and he was like twenty-five or something like that. Yeah, I, I yeah. believe he's like twenty-five. But I looked at you, I was like, "This dude looks like he should be in yeah. the in the <laughs> in the shell right now." I was like, "Who is this guy?"
2: Yeah, was it's, almost, it's almost like the uh, Little League Baseball World Series back in the day when they had that Dominican or this or the guy from uh, Mexico that was like 19 years old and they put him in there in a 14-year-old game. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, so I, I kind of think that a guy like Jacob Wilson is probably going to be uh, sent to Maine and so on, but also get some time in the uh, in Providence if needed because it's – it always happens in the minor pros. There's a real influx of the roster and so on because of injuries at the NHL level. So there's always a constant upshift. And and the coaches down in, in the minor pros just have a real challenge to keep consistency going.
1: Now, I got one more question for you before Bruins fans start tagging you on Twitter saying, you didn't have Fabian Lassell in your lineup for Providence. Does that mean he's making the Boston Bruins?
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> Where is Lassell? Pay, pay. Uh, uh, I fucked this one up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, you didn't because you're going off of players you, that you know where they're going. We don't know where Lissell is going.
2: Still. Yeah, you know, it, that, that, that is true. And I, I, to be honest with you, I really didn't think of that. I just it was kind of like, um, you know, I'm up in the air in Liesel. Uh I think Fabian's going to be a fantastic hockey player. I really want to see him uh, participate in the, in the Providence Bruins this season for a whole year. I know there's a lot of Bruins mm-hmm. fans that really want him to be on the NHL level because he's he's talented and he's shown what he can do, but he hasn't shown anything at the pro level yet that makes me scream he needs to be uh, penciled into this NHL lineup. So, But there's also another option for Fabian Lysel too is to go back to the WHL with the Vancouver Giants. Uh, he's eligible to do that. So, And I don't think that's going to happen. So with the unknown... Of you know where he's going to be on the opening li- on the opening lineup as I did in my notes, he's just not there for me right now. But um, yeah. you know, definitely, I mean, this could all change. This is not like I said; it's not you know a gospel or in stone or anything like that. It's just <clears throat> my idea of what the lineup could look like. And obviously, when the lineup starts to look like a, a, a real lineup, and and you know he's more and more being talked about. Um, being, uh, you know, we're definitely going to be sending him to Providence. Then obviously they have to make those changes as well. More people will go probably go down to Maine to facilitate a roster spot for Fabian Lysel to to be uh, in the Ryan Moujonelle offensive scheme. The way I see it playing out, if Lysel ends up in Providence and whether that's for the full year
1: or he takes a Passenach route, we with, you know, even though we want him to be, you know, there for the full year. We don't dictate that, nor do we know the future. This is just our opinion. Um, I think, I'm going to say when he goes to Providence. When he goes to Providence, I think you put him on that second line to start. Yeah. On the right side. I don't think yep. you throw him right on that first line. I think you start him on that second, and as soon as, because he will, as soon as he proves he can be bumped up to that first line, you switch McLaughlin and you switch him.
2: Yeah, or, or you Done. could take out Justin Brazo and put Fabian Lysel there. This is my lineup. This is what I'm talking about from just my particular lineup. Justin Brazil can go down to the third line, vanilla Terry down to the fourth line, and Alex Olivier Voya can be that rotational forward. Yep. You know,
1: yep. but I definitely don't think it'd be smart to throw Lysel onto that first line to start because this is a I mean, this is a big upgrade from the dub. It's a big upgrade. It really is. I mean, when you look at it, because you were no longer just playing with people of your age group. You are now playing against adults. Not to say that Fabian LaSalle is not an adult. No, but absolutely. Different sizes, different shapes. Yeah. Different ages, different experiences. I mean, it's going to come at you fast and it's going to hit you hard. Yeah. They're going to start him off.
2: They're going to lean on a player like this real hard to get him off his game.
1: Yep. So stick him on that second line, see how he does. And whichever way he goes, move him up or move him down, however, you need to do it. And if a guy like Lee is moved down to the third line, it's not because he's a bad player, it's because he just needs to go through the growing pains of learning professional hockey at you know in the North American game. And the AHL is no joke. It's no joke. It's the second best league um in the United States. Yep. It's no joke. Probably you know, in the world. It's not a joke at all to say I played professional hockey, you know, for you know, in the American Hockey League. Yep. It is not a joke. I wish so, I had a chance, right? Exactly. I mean, a lot of the people who l- love to crap on players be like, ah, Carrera, Heller, dude, you couldn't even lace their skates, yeah, like,
2: right? Right,
1: I mean, these are good damn hockey players, you know. So these are, it's those are people play, that are making
2: forty grand a year while they're making seventy. <laughs> right, it's like you
1: you have you have yourself a great player in Lisel with fantastic offensive skills. He himself said he wants to work on all areas of the ice. I think yep. the AHL is a perfect area for him to do that. And I don't think there's any better way that we can say this, Mark. I think this is literally everything on the table when it comes to Cell and where he should be and, you know, where he should honestly stay. Now, if he, out of nowhere, you know, he's just, if he's tearing through the AHL, if he's tearing through the AHL, the size doesn't matter this and that, and he gets a call up and he's puts up, you know, three points in five games, then there's a little conversation to be had, but absolutely we're not absolutely.
2: there. And we don't no. know if
1: we'll get there. So
2: Absolutely. But me particularly, I like a young player like that that says I'm I'm playing at 95 percent and there's always more to learn. So that shows yep. to me that's good character for a young man that's willing to, you know, go out there, try to earn a roster position in the NHL. If it doesn't work out, then we go down a league, go down to the AHL and do what you can. You know, yep. it, it, I, I don't like players that just come out and say, I'm ready. I'm at 100 percent and there's nothing you could do do to change my mind that's not a good character in my opinion yep. this kid just seems like he's got that boston bruins mantra you know what i mean like we're at 99 nobody's at 100 we always have to work for that extra one percent to be that good
1: yep and trust me bruins fans take your fandom out of it for five seconds I- Both myself and Mark would love to see Fabian LaSalle absolutely scorch it and be on the Boston Bruins this year. We are in no way saying we don't want him there, screw that player, nothing like that. But you need to think of it from a business aspect here. When you look at Fabian LaSalle and you look at the skill he has, if he were to do that, his contract no longer slides. And you're looking at in the next three years or two years after this season, you're looking at paying that dude a bunch of freaking money. Yep. And are you ready to do that? I'm not the Boston Bruins organization. Isn't you have a team this year who doesn't need Fabian LaSalle. That team does not need Lee this year. They don't because they have a team that can compete for a cup and they have a team that can be bettered at the deadline with already experienced NHL players. Yeah. And so and, uh,
2: allow that contract to slide, allow yeah. him to get himself going
1: in the Pro- American hockey league
2: and also for those that want to push back on what we're talking about the amazing listeners that do um even a fourth line role for Fabian Lassell I want uh, I don't even want him on that line you know I understand that he played in the dub and it's a very hard developmental league it's it's the perfect place for him to go and learn that type of um, game where it comes at you a little faster but mm-hmm. if he's going to be on the fourth line no no he's way better off playing top line second line minutes in Providence. Because he's going to learn a lot more there. And and if they do
1: need that guy to come in, because say Smith's not working out or Smith's hurt, and they need a right winger to come in and play in there. Yep. I, I mean, I know contracts and I know all this stuff, but when push comes to shove, Mark McLaughlin's your guy there. He True. or Studnika. True. You know, like, but for me it, right now, it's McLaughlin over Studnika when it comes to wing. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Because what you need out of a player like that is secondary scoring. And McLaughlin already showed you he can do that, you know, at the NHL
2: level. There's another player. There's another player, Kevin, that I didn't mention in my lineup. I'm all over the place on this freaking Stanika. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> uh,
1: maybe you have him pegged as the extra forward or in the lineup for Boston. Who, Who knows? knows? I mean, knows? it's another gonna... player where we don't know where he's going to be. I'm going to go you with know? you. Yeah, just
2: that you never know where well, he's going.
1: Well, it's true. I mean, we I forgot about, about him, <laughs> you know, you don't know where some of these players are going to be. We have no idea. We cannot peg them in Providence when they have an actual chance at being somewhere else. Yep. Um, and like you said, the dub is, you know, maybe not the most – it may be not the first choice for where you want Lee sell, but it is a realistic option. Yeah. It's, it's a realistic option. I mean, both of
2: us highly doubt it, but it's a realistic option. All right, let's end this um, hockey podcast episode two ninety uh, two shout outs. Um, obviously I want to give an end show shout out to our boy, Dom uh, Dom Tiano up in Southern Ontario. Fantastic guy. He's the third uh, host on this going through, some uh, medical problems right now. Hopefully get him back as soon as possible because I love and miss the guy. And um, we need him because uh, his he's, he has a thirst for hockey knowledge. And the best thing about Dom is not only is he just a real class act, but he's just so willing to pass that knowledge on to so many other hockey fans that you know want to learn more about a particular player. Yep.
1: Or he'll tell you, Google it.
2: Google it. The second shout out is to longtime Black and Gold Productions supporter, uh, Zach Tarenko. Hopefully I said that right. Um, he's a really good Twitter uh, guy, but he uh, accepted, an, uh, I believe it's an internship with the East, uh, ECHL Maine Mariners, and he's going to be joining their media team for his senior year in school. So congratulations, Zach. Shout out to you. Hopefully, when I make the, uh, a few trips up to Maine to cover the Maine Mariners this upcoming season, uh, I get to say hello to you in person. And uh, and thank you for uh, your many years of listening to our broadcast and and many other programs on the Black and Gold Productions Podcast Network. Congrats to you, Zach. Yeah. All right. With that being said, I am host Mark Allred. That's Andrew. Andrew. Oh, my God. Oh. I almost called-, called- no, no, no. No, I almost called you Raycroft. I was thinking I was Jaffy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to call me Taverna. No, I mean, no, no. I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll no, no. To sign off. No offense, you, Taverna, but. I you mean, don't have don't terrible takes. You don't have
2: terrible takes on Twitter to get to get that, man. Oh, geez. I'm man. just Shots kidding. Fired. Yeah, Just fired. He's probably going to come after me later on after he hears this, but I love Andrew anyway. Um, okay. But regardless, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening and supporting the, uh, the show. We're coming up on 300 episodes, and it looks like. We'll be lining up with our 300th to start the season. Hopefully that happens. We might go 301 to start the year. Who knows? But um just want to thank everybody for their financial contributions on our Patreon account. Please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate a dollar per episode to win that Ray Bork Boston Bruins signed prize pack. We have four items, a jersey, a picture, a mini helmet, and a hand-signed puck. So get on that and, uh, and please stay with us throughout the year because we're going to be giving away a hand-signed jersey every month. Um, also, I want to shout out our sponsors for today's podcast, betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. I want to shout out Can I Wellness. Uh, go to caniwellness.com and use code BNG25 to save yourself 25% on everything on the website and also our favorite uh, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Maravillia. So with that being said, Kevin, I want you uh, just to say uh, have a great week. Thank you very much for, for doing this today and every week. I truly appreciate you, bud. And hopefully we get Dom back to uh, get that trio going again, that, that, that trio train. So yep. uh, that Dom is... would have
1: had a lot of fun talking about what we were just talking about at the end here. He would have Abs- loved it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, um, please be safe. Have a great week. Uh, prospects challenge is still going on. So, uh, look for a stream, uh, from the Bruins or another team that they plan tomorrow at ten thirty AM. And, um, you know, Hey, captain's practices are slowly getting over next week. They start training camp and next Saturday, there'll be a preseason game. So next Sunday, when we do a podcast, we'll actually be talking about a hockey game. So, um, That's it for us. Um, Like I said, thank you so much to everybody who supported us, shared the program, retweets, everything, likes, whatever. You guys are amazing. Keep doing it because it really helps us grow our brand. So um, that's it. So thank you very much, Kevin, and uh, peace out, everybody. Peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at black and gold pod at BNG productions at black and gold two seven seven and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official black and gold website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.